0: and welcome to MGAC's Inner Voices, a podcast digging into issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the architecture, engineering, construction industry, brought to you by MGAC. I'm Beth Scully, residing in Seattle, Washington. I'm a senior project manager and a disclaimer. We want to preface this podcast by saying that we are not experts in all things diversity, equity, and inclusion. As a person who identifies as a cisgender, I can speak to my lived experience and do my best to help our guests share their experiences as well. Our goal is not to be the end-all experts on diversity. Rather, we want to share our stories and figure out how together, we can create better outcomes for all of us in the AEC industry and beyond. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with, and I'm going to say this, I want you to introduce yourself because it's a topic that we're really addressing today, and I think it will be really important for you to say your name loud and clear and all of us to hear it. Well, first of all, thank
1: you for having me. My name is Stanislava Dobrova. I'm based in Los Angeles, and I'm currently working as a project engineer at MGAC.
0: I appreciate hearing your name right out loud, Stanislava. And one of the interesting little details we found out, I don't want to steal your thunder, was that you're Bulgarian born. And I was able to share with you that my sister-in-law was also from Bulgaria, so we had fun talking about that but let's dig right in and how about you tell us your story and a little bit about the importance of your name and and even your journey with your name.
1: I'm Bulgarian so I have a pretty traditional Bulgarian name. I was eight years old when I moved to the UK with my family and that was actually when I started primary school and I was asked to change my name because of how traditional and difficult to pronounce it was the children at the time so that was when I had to pick an alternative name which at the time I had chosen Desi (laughs) and from then onwards from the age of eight until probably the age of when I graduated secondary school so about 18 um, I carried this different persona at the beginning because I was so young I didn't really realize or care so much about it Until when I got older, I thought about it a little bit more. And I was just like, well, there's no really need to do that. People should be able to pronounce a pretty simple name. And, you know, looking back in hindsight, thinking about a primary school, asking a student to change their name is just shocking to me at this point.
0: Yeah. And so it wasn't until you actually got to university that you took on your name, your given name, right?
1: Yeah, so when I finally registered for university, I used my given name and then from then onwards introduced myself as Stanislava. Although there were still people at university and since then who asked me how to pronounce it and whether I do have a nickname. But I'd say that more of the time now, I pronounce it slower for them and tell them that it's Stanislava.
0: Now we can sit and you can say, it really is kind of ridiculous that they asked you to change your name, because it's not that difficult, really. And as far as diversity and inclusion and equity, as you think about that experience today, do you feel like having to go by a pseudo name rather than your given name that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did it alter you or your past, or did it cause a life in your home versus a life at school?
1: Yeah, definitely there
0: was a difference in how
1: my family and close friends would address me because – Honestly speaking I have a different nickname in Bulgarian which because of the way endings change in the names it's difficult to explain it to a foreign person and expect them to understand it and to use the appropriate ending for that nickname based on their conversation. So I think that had an impact on the nickname that I chose. I don't know if it would have changed my path but it's confusing for a child or a person. It's just like would you introduce yourself to for someone else's convenience? Or do you just continue using your given name? But you know, at the time, it wasn't something I paid attention to. It's only now in hindsight that I look back and I'm just like, wow, well, there was no need to do that. I don't know how much of a bit of an impact it would have had on my actual life. It's just confusing. I think that's just the most simple way to put it.
0: So a tender question for you, would you now as an adult, and obviously, you know, you're a project engineer, you're a person in your own right with a really great education. Can we name it for what it was? Discrimination? I would say there is a sense of exclusion
1: with it of course because your actual self is not being accepted in its pure form you have to change it to suit other people so when you look at it that way I would say it's a level of discrimination.
0: Having spoken with you prior I know that your mom is also a very accomplished woman she's a doctor I wonder if we might delve into that a little bit because it's also part of the story here. She is a
1: very hardworking woman. She had some difficulties initially when we moved to the UK, which again, you could call discrimination. She wasn't initially accepted as a doctor. Her degree wasn't accepted straight away. It was only when Bulgaria joined the European Union that her degree was accepted and she was able to go ahead and work as doctor but in the process because i think it was about five years from us when we moved there to when bulgaria entered the eu she was working towards getting her degree acknowledged and accredited so she was doing all the placements and the exams and all of that but it definitely would have saved her a lot of time and effort if it was just purely accepted like it was five years later down the line
0: yeah yeah Yeah, it's very frustrating. frustrating. And I know that since you've come to the States, when you and I spoke, you felt like discrimination in the UK was more present than here in the US. Am I? Recalling that correctly?
1: (laughs) I can only speak for California. I haven't really had the opportunity to visit many other places, but everyone here has been pretty accepting. And you know, several times when people have asked me for my name, if I see that they're struggling, I would even say, you know, you can call me something else if it's easier they would say, no, no, it's fine. I can pronounce it, just repeat it slower. So they do make the effort and I feel like it's more accepted here.
0: It's a little bit different having lived in LA also. It is a very open community and also very diverse as well. If your very early years are having to adapt to something else, do you feel as a woman in this industry that you've had to adapt? Well, that's a great perspective. Actually, I didn't think of it that way. But I
1: consider myself to be pretty adaptable and resilient. So maybe that did have an impact. I've never really thought about it. But it makes sense.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? Right? We we have sort of these experiences, and, and perhaps we look back and go, huh? You know, I've always thought of it as just my ability to do this. But I feel it as a woman in the industry sometimes that there are adaptations I've made. And I wonder how you are able to now use your unique identity as your strongest asset.
1: Well, you know, I actually think in this industry, You have to have a level of emotional intelligence and be able to read people. And I think that's one thing that I really rely on. I feel like I'm pretty good at reading the room and I'm a relationship-based person. So that really helps me problem solve and deal with certain situations because I'll address it in a certain way using my relationships and always kind of try to put myself in their shoes or how they would feel. And then that helps me get to the bottom of an issue or. Think of a way to approach something to resolve an issue.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really profound skill to have, especially when people are coming to the table, perhaps with a poker face, your ability to read a little bit deeper and put a different spin on things, maybe turns the tables a little bit and really helps you when you're client facing or working with people in the industry
1: you've really got me thinking now about how that simple well not simple I shouldn't say that but that Um. experience may have really shaped my path like you said so (laughs) this has been insightful for me some people judge people by their name with recruitment for example there's been times where I'll apply in the construction industry in the UK for a position there's no reason why I shouldn't go for an interview or get to the next stage because On paper, I'm ticking the boxes, you know, it just makes me wonder, is it because of my name? Is it because I'm a female? I feel like the US is a lot more accepting of women in the construction industry than the UK. And I feel like there's more potential for growth here in terms of leadership and getting to a higher position in the construction industry as a woman than there is in the UK that's also a big thing for me. When I did my dissertation in my bachelor degree and in in my master's degree, there were different topics, but they were both based around women. One of them was women in the construction industry. The other one was how women use value networks to gain credibility. So, you know, I'm very interested in how your name or how your identity plays a role.
0: Yeah, I think especially in our industry as women, we face it a lot. I'm interested to kind of delve in with you a little deeper that you feel more acceptance as a woman here in the US. And yeah, I think of all the women that have gone before us to pave the way, right? And Mm -hmm. I had the privilege of interviewing Jacqueline Carson, and I don't know if you heard that interview or not, but she was definitely out there paving the way. As you think about these things, what does a more diverse AEC industry look like to you?
1: Well, of course, I'd say even more women in leadership. (laughs) (laughs) I have had lucky experiences where I haven't really been discriminated in that sense, apart from, as I said in interviews, or not getting to a certain position, maybe because I am female. But I don't think specifically LA is lacking much. I don't want to talk on everyone's behalf, but I'll just say not to judge women on their gender and their ability to manage a project quite simply because I don't think that's anything to do with it. So it's a male-dominated industry. Women have a different perspective as well on how they problem solve and how they see certain situations.
0: Yeah. I always like to ask our guests on the podcast... For you, how can your coworkers, who may not have a personal experience of having someone literally try and alter their identity by, hey, change your name, it's hard for me to say it, or as a woman facing discrimination, how would you advise your colleagues, your coworkers to be an ally?
1: Just don't judge anyone on a name or a gender. I would just say just try to be accepting and just put yourself in someone else's shoe before you make a judgment because I feel like everyone has a story which at work you would never really find out about or like has been through a journey which you wouldn't necessarily hear about. So it just helps to be accepting of everything and
0: everyone. Well, I know when you and I spoke, we both referenced the TED Talk that we had heard at the luncheon there and about how people have had their names altered. It's always been our hope as we share these podcasts that suddenly people who know you, Stanislava, and know that now you face the same kind of discrimination as a child and you were asked to alter who you were, that the story becomes very personal. And the impact of that is like, oh, it's not. it doesn't happen to somebody I don't know, but it's my friend my colleague, Stanislava, whose name got altered. And so I just want to thank you for sharing that very personal story and for being willing to open up and tell people, yeah, hey, it impacted me, it changed me. And maybe you're even on a journey to think about how it changed you more than perhaps you had thought about, right?
1: definitely you've opened my eyes even more now and i'll be in los angeles fashion self-evaluating
0: awesome (laughs) it
1: could have impacted me
0: awesome well i want to thank you for being part of our podcast um it's really been a privilege to chat with you i hope i get to see you soon in person and just thank you so much for sharing your story with us today
1: thank you for the platform
0: that concludes this podcast of MJC Invoices. Thank you so much for joining us. And please, check back next month for another episode of Invoices. Until then, take care.